0: Good morning, CLA, and welcome to another online experience. Here this weekend, it's Family Day. Wherever you are, I'm glad you tuned in, whether it's live or later today or in the week. I have some thoughts for our church this morning that I'm so excited to share with all of you. I pray that God speaks to your heart over these next few minutes together, and we allow the Holy Spirit to come and transform us from the inside out. We are in this new series called Unconditional. I had the privilege of uh, setting the stage last weekend here on Sunday, giving perspective on this idea of love and the beauty of love and God's heart for us as his kids. Today is no different. I really felt as a online experience to really focus in on the one who makes everything different, the one who is the game changer in all of our journey of faith, and that, of course, is Jesus himself. I've thought often over these last few weeks about what to present for this specific service as we're all gathering uh, through the airways. And as I landed on this thought this morning, I know for all of us there is going to be a moment where Holy Spirit comes and transforms us. He's certainly done that for me, and I pray He does that for you as well. I just want to pray before we dive in. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our time together. Would you encourage each person that's watching. Surround us with your love and care, and remind us today of how much you believe in each and everyone, that you want the best for us and that you have a bright future for those who choose to follow you with all of their heart. I thank you for that and I thank you that you are speaking and constantly encouraging us every single day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I have to ask this question as I begin here today about gifts. We love getting gifts, all of us do, including myself. But I read this, this the statistic just recently that over seven hundred dollars on average per person is spent on forgotten subscriptions can you believe that seven hundred dollars now I'm sure that's US dollars so that's even more according to uh, uh, the Canadian Exchange probably over $900 here in Canada is spent on subscriptions that we forget about. Things like apps that we put on our phone, uh, maybe even network upgrades when we're on holidays and we choose to maybe subscribe to HBO Max for for the the holiday portion of our trip, and then we forget to unsubscribe. I've been there. Let me tell you. Maybe it's the tech software on your computer. Um, all of these things are a reality. I'm sure there's some of you out there that say, I have never wasted a dime on subscriptions that I've forgotten about. Well, you're an anomaly and I wanna meet you. I'm in that boat. I just, just yesterday I canceled my NFL subscription. I had to pay another extra month for it because I forgot to unsubscribe. I'm just a part of the game as the next person. But I must say this, that the gifts that come from companies or even people in our life who pay for you know the first free month or first three free months. We love that. We're happy about it. We're excited to receive that special gift. But as often happens, we forget that it's there, and then the bill comes in on month two or month four or month six or whenever that is. We have to accept this fact, church, that. In the moment that we're living in today, this this moment in time, we have to start approaching the concept and the subject of gifts um, as a way of of almost a, a suspicion. There's a there's a suspicion that wraps uh, wraps around receiving something from someone. We have this concept that there's always a catch. There's always going to be a catch. Why are you giving me that gift? What what is what is it that you want from me? Now, as horrible as that sounds, it's it's a truth that we have to we we often wrestle with as we receive from others, like when someone hands you a gift, whether it's for a birthday or an anniversary, and they've got the box in front of them and they pass it to you and and uh, they they say, "Here, this is for you," and you're excited about that, and then they say, "Well, open it right now. I want to see you open it. I don't know about you, but..." When I have to open a gift in front of somebody at all, it's very overwhelming. I don't love to do it, especially when it's a surprise in the moment. I like to go later and unpack the gift and then call them and respond in gratitude. Today I get to tell you about a gift. That gift according to Jesus is the greatest gift that all humanity could receive. And even instantly when I say that church, you are responding with emotion, emotion of, well, I understand what you're gonna say, Pastor Tim, about this gift. The gift, yeah, it might be free, but there's a lot that that it involves. It involves my worship, it involves my morality, it involves my commitment, it involves all things when it comes to faith. And even though that is true, there's something we have to see that goes beyond what the expectations are attached to this gift that God has for all of us. And I'm so excited about this this morning because I believe we need to hear it for some and be reminded for others on how beautiful this gift is for us. I have three observations. Here's what makes a gift a gift by definition as defined by Jesus. Number one, this is it that the giver, the person of Jesus, is the initiator. He is the architect of this gift. Oftentimes in our culture, we receive gifts because we are deserving of them. We're likable, or we're a good person. Sometimes we actually get certain gifts because of who we are, and attached to that sometimes becomes entitlement. Often we see that and we recognize that in people, and we don't love what that represents. But I have good news this morning, church, that no matter what your background, your status, your lifestyle, or your reputation, there is a gift prepared for you. Whether or not you've been asking or looking for this gift, it has been prepared for you and for me and for all people. 1 John 4 verse 10 says it like this. Hear these words. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation which essentially means to take our judgment in his place, the propitiation for our sins. Now, I love this verse because it's not our job to convince everybody around us to love God. It's our job to let everyone know, no matter their love status with God, that he loves them unconditionally. And all of life just becomes what you're doing, what you're going to do with this extraordinary, unearned, unconditional love that God has for all of us. That is the goal. That is what we are to be thinking about. Well, Pastor, I'm mad at God. Well, just remember, He still loves you. Well, Tim, I I don't even necessarily believe in God. Well, He loves you i don't know if i'm worthy of god in my life well just remember that he loves you and that is the ultimate gift in this is love not that we loved god first john said there is posture of surrender and there is posture of moving our hearts towards him but we have to remember that god himself in his sovereignty chose us He came towards us. He is the architect. He is the initiator of this love for you and for me. That's how it works. The giver is the one who initiates. Why? Because his love for us is greater than anything we can comprehend with our earthly minds. The initiator of love. Don't forget that. Secondly this morning, the observation of what makes a gift a gift is that the giver intends only to give no matter the response. I'm going to quote a scripture and please don't be intimidated by this one because this is is what I do. John 3, 16, for God so loves the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life very famous verse, but has the most important message in all of scripture. If you ask me for the most precious thing that I have in my life, which is my family, there is seven of us. I have five children, a beautiful wife, Devin, who many of you know, and these are my people. This is my inner circle. And if I give you one of these gifts, It better come with a guarantee that you are going to take your very best care of them. I think about my three daughters and the journey ahead of trying to figure out how to release them from my home into the home, into the love, into the hands of another one day. Those are going to be unique experiences. Let me tell you, I'm going to have to surround myself with good People to help me care for these girls as I let them go. It's not gonna be easy. But there's a guarantee that I'm going to expect. But Jesus is so different. He says, for God so loved the world. The world defined is sinful, broken system, and the people in it. That is what God loves. That's what the world is. So God gave his son for contaminated people with the guarantee of whoever whoever believes in him, which is to say that God is love and he loves because of himself. His love does not necessitate reciprocation. What does that mean? It does not look for mutual exchange. It's not looking for return. It's just who he is and therefore what he does for us. No matter how you respond, he won't change his mind about you. God is not like us because his ways and his thoughts are higher and greater than ours will ever be in our carnal nature. God loves because he is God. And the giver intends to give no matter our response. Please remember this and remind yourself of how much he loves you. You think God is gonna stop loving you or being around you because you don't reciprocate or respond? The answer is no. He is in constant pursuit of us. Remember that the ancient psalmist even said in chapter 123, look this up, but it talks about where I'm starting to get the idea that if I actually make my bed in what I think would be the darkest place on earth, that you are still going to be there with me. It's so interesting as the revelation to the psalmist comes forth about God's love. Yes, I would. I will never leave you or forsake you, God says. When God gives a gift, he intends to give it with no strings attached. And the reality is is he never stops loving us no matter what, no matter what. And that brings me to number three this morning. Lastly, which is actually my favorite of all three, it's this, that the giver gives himself, the sacrifice of himself. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than someone who lays down his life for his friends. Remember, this verse is more about Jesus than it is about us. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, loyalty, of course, it is, loyalty to friendship is so, so important and it has incredible value and it, it is attached to a life and a life message that we should be uh we should be moving towards caring for, being loyal to those around us. But make sure that we take this verse and we put it back where we found it, here in the book of John. Because this passage is really about God and God pointing an arrow at his son and saying that the greatest expression of love is when Jesus laid down his life for his friends. Who are those friends? Well, that's you and me, that's all of humanity. And that's where this verse has so much power and so much revelation because we are to be loyal, but more importantly, God, through his son Jesus, laid his son down as an expression of love and sacrifice for all. Now, because we live in this information age and we are in this information age today, let's not doubt it. Coming at us every single moment is content, ideas, distractions, confusion, thoughts, perspectives, ideologies, um, you know, you name it, it is out there. And it's brought us really to a level in the context of, of faith where hermeneutics and Bible interpretation is 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 really something that maybe we haven't been prepared for, but it is actually. At our disposal more than ever before. We can find and exegete and unpack scripture like never before. It is everywhere, the studies that we can glean from. And what what I mean for this, what I mean by this, is that because of that reality, it is not as easy to study as it used to be. The studies of scripture today. There's so many options and there's confusion and what it's resulted in is so much different types of thought and perspective. Even when we think about the Old Testament and, and what that looks like and the stories of the 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 five books of the, uh, the five first books of the Bible in, in Jewish culture, we know that these books have so much value but now you're starting to hear narrative of, is this story true, is it not? Did Noah actually happen? Did this happen? And it's created these very unique in very trying times of trying to wrestle through the scripture. Now for myself, I personally believe that the scriptures are true and the stories in the Bible are fact. But wherever you're at, whatever your thought is and whatever your ideology is and understanding, I have to say this this morning, that we need to consider that even though it's so convoluted today, that there is story in the Bible in the new testament that has been proven historically to be true and i must say this and i know so many of you would agree that the story of jesus is true it is real and it has been proven historically over and over and over again we celebrate that fact that there was a man and he was born into bethlehem a story that has been nothing short of the single most greatest phenomenon in human history And although he didn't arrive with pageantry and with celebration like they thought he was going to, we know this, and he was easily missed and sometimes still is to this day, we have to realize that his name was and is and forever will be Emmanuel. He is and will always be among us. And that is the truth, and that is what wraps us in this understanding of God's love for all. We are here this morning to celebrate a story that is nothing short of the greatest phenomenon in history. There is no other belief system with this story, with this history, with this level of supernatural that you will find anywhere. It's the story of Christ. He came onto this earth. We don't know much about his childhood. We know that he, brought the great teaching in his young age at 12, 13 years old, but from that point all the way to 30, and even before that moment in scripture that we read about, there's not much that is brought to our attention. But what we do know is that when he arrived on the scene at 30 years old, he transformed the world forever. I don't have time to get into all of those details, but Many of us know what that means, and if you don't, go back and read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The story of Christ is so profound. It will revolutionize your life. But we're here to talk about Jesus and what he did, that ultimate sacrifice of crucifixion. And it should be noted, and as I've been studying this and thinking about this, that the crucifixion related to the why and the and the vision behind it and the purpose behind it was the crucifixion was ultimately not murder because he was wasn't to be wasn't born to be murdered he was born to die the scripture says that's very different it wasn't necessarily a tragedy nobody took his life he actually laid down his life for all humanity and that is the difference it had purpose it was meaningful it was intentional and it was meant to be as the ultimate picture of Christ's sacrifice to the earth through God and the decision that he made it overwhelms me when I even think about that church I want to remind us this morning that Jesus died he died on the cross in the middle He was in the middle, there were two men beside him. He was not on one side or on the other. And to me, that's an incredible picture of the posture that we are to take in today's very polarizing reality. The wrestle of trying to figure out where we stand and, and what side we're on. And yet again, I'm reminded as I was studying and preparing for this morning that the visual picture of Christ is that he hung right there in the middle of two prisoners who were desperate to understand, the one man to understand who this this person was that was beside him. Taking on the same sacrifice, the same pain that he was, yet there was a moment where he had revelation that he was truly God. This is so powerful. I came to remind all of us, all of us, that you and i have received and have opportunity to receive this gift a gift that is yours if you want it it will not be forced upon you but rather placed in front of you because jesus was in the middle and i caution all of us not to think that god is necessarily on your side and not on their side well you know who they are right pastor tim well of course i do i'm wrestling through these narratives every single day as well. I'm I'm forcing myself to see through a lens that Jesus saw those two prisoners that hung beside him. We have to be careful because they are just as close to Jesus as you are. The person that you don't think is on your side is just as close to Jesus as you are in regards to the gift and that is the gift of salvation that is the gift of sacrifice and of 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 humanity for humanity that christ paid it's such a humbling thought to think about when we work through the emotion of all the things and thoughts and perspectives that are around us and this is where i believe at times we get it wrong we keep picky corners and sides and we think that the creator of heaven and earth is in heaven uh, looking down on us saying finally there's more people on my side we know that that's not true God is so much bigger than our perspectives it's just not true where are the criminals in the middle I want to be with the man in the middle I'm gonna hang on to the man who hung in the middle. That is my posture, church. And I pray that you would consider that for your life as well, and that you would surround your thoughts and your ideas and your ways forward thinking about how beautiful the story of Christ actually is. And you know why Jesus said this in that moment to the Father? Remember, we're all familiar with it. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In fact, this statement was not necessarily for him. That statement was for us, for you and for me. God turned his back on his son so that he could turn his face towards us. Why have you forsaken me? So I could accept them, son. So I give you, my son, as the greatest gift to humanity. That was what was taking place, that was the moment, that was the divine exchange that was happening as Christ hung on the cross. Church, God does not even consider our dumb decisions. The decisions of 30 years ago, 15 years ago, the decisions that we embarrassed about, even as of yesterday or this morning. He doesn't. As far, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so I have separated you from your sins, and I remember them no more. You know who remembers the sin and the mistakes? We do. We hold on to them, and He's asking us to release them. He's asking us to let them go, to turn to Him, to, to, to ask for forgiveness, because He doesn't remember. That is, that is what the Bible tells us. We remember our sins, but Jesus does not. I don't want us, any of us to leave this moment this morning thinking about life's performance. That's really what this comes down to as I conclude today. For your performance does not compare to the perfect performance of Jesus. You and I are forgiven, you are loved, and you are the object of his divine obsession. That is what the Bible says. His countenance towards you and me is beaming. And as the Bible says, may his face shine upon us. That is what we need to hold on to. These are the thoughts that I wanna fill my heart with. A God that loves us beyond anything that we can comprehend with our earthly minds. I conclude by asking all of us this question. Is there anybody listening this morning that wants to receive this unbelievable gift that God has for us? You may, today, looking at and and pondering my thoughts this morning as the Lord is speaking to you, this might be a moment where you are posturing your heart towards Uh, running back to him with surrender because over these days and weeks and months that we've been in, you have found yourself away from his presence and God is calling you back to receive from this ultimate gift. And I encourage you this morning to do that, to give him that space to be all that he desires to be in your life. And maybe there's some this morning who are receiving this gift of salvation. It's a surrender, it's an ultimately, it is you saying, I believe in you, God. I believe in the story of Jesus. And with that, and with that turning towards him and and telling him that you love him and that, that he can come to forgive you and to restore you and to make all things new, that is what it means to receive salvation. I pray that these words encourage you today on this family day weekend. We cannot be reminded enough times about Jesus. He is the ultimate example of God's love. He is the ultimate example of how we are to live and how we are to posture ourselves in polarizing days like this. I believe in contending I believe in fighting for the things that matter I believe for for being aware of what's going on around us and, and 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 making sure that evil does not have a place of control in our lives in our families in our country I believe in all of those things and I will continue to contend and pray and believe God for breakthrough in all those areas and as it comes to our relationships with each other Would that be the thing that hits home this morning the most? A posture of remembering that the love and the gift is just as valid for you and for me and for those who think completely different than us. The gift of his love is for all people. We are not worthy of it. We are not deserving of it. But he says, I freely give it to you. Thank you, church, for listening this morning. I love you. I cannot wait to be back together next week. May I pray as we conclude this moment together. Thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, would you take this moment for all those that are watching, would you even come now with your presence and surround each and every one with an understanding, with a revelation, with a peace that only comes from you, Holy Spirit. For those who are turning their hearts towards you, even in this moment, Lord, would you come like a like a flood and surround them with the weight of grace? I pray, Lord, for for healing over those lives today that are physically unwell, that are suffering. Lord, we believe in the miracle of healing for bodies that need to be restored, for marriages that that need. Um, care and and, and intentionality towards healing. Lord, would you bring that to people? I pray for relationships with fathers and sons, mothers and daughters. Would Would you bring reconciliation where there is disconnect? I ask, Lord, that through the revelation of your love, that our posture would be that of humility, of grace, of patience for each other. Would you do that in our hearts here at CLA? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you, church. Have a great rest of your day and week, and we will see you next weekend. I love you. I love being your pastor. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.